Welcome to the Keos Podcast, a series dedicated to bringing you the best claims and legal insight. Welcome back to another podcast as part of our Market Affairs series. I'm Callum McPhail, and today I'm joined again by my two colleagues, Gavin Miller and Andrew Price, for a further catch-up on the Damages Claims Portal pilot scheme, now that it has been mandated for defendant representatives for the best part of six months. As we did in the last episode, we'll refer to the portal as DCP for simplicity. For those who've listened to our previous episodes, uh, you'll know that Gavin and Andrew are the project lead and technical lead, respectively, for DCP implementation at Kios, and they are our in-house experts on all things DCP. The DCP pilot is now very much up and running uh, for represented claimants and defendants, so Today, we'll be discussing how the DCP is working practically on the ground, if it is of benefit to the litigation process, and also looking whether there are any further updates or changes in the pipeline. For those who are new to the DCP and didn't catch our earlier podcast, the DCP is a digital system that has been developed by HMCTS and the Ministry of Justice to service all parts of and files excluding those in the official injury claims portal, and with the aim of eventually providing an end-to-end digital litigation service. Currently, the DCP journey only covers the litigation process from the point of issue through to the filing of direction questionnaires, although development to extend this further into the litigation process remains a part of the HMCTS development plan. So we'll start. First question, um, Andrew. What are the latest updates from HMCTS in relation to the development of the portal? And have there been any changes or enhancements since we last spoke? Hi, Callum. Um, Yeah, HMCTS do provide weekly email updates, which provide us with live enhancements, future enhancements and releases and support and guidance where required. Uh, The latest update was actually quite a significant update. Um, As of the 2nd of March, the function for a default judgment in cases where both parties are representative Representative, sorry, went live. Uh, this announcement was previously held back in HMC by HMCTS in January for further testing, but is now live. It enables a legal representative to issue or request a default judgment in either the OCMC or damages claims against another legally represented party digitally. In a claim for damages where no defence has been filed, the ability to make a request for detail, default judgment will be displayed to the claimant's legal representative. The system will take the user through a series of questions on screen before submission of the request. Following submission, the case will be pushed digitally to a judge based at a hearing centre for review and creation of an order, if applicable. In a specified claim after request is made, a further check will be completed to ensure that a paper defence hasn't been filed. If this check is negative, the judgment will be entered. If there's a divergence in requests, so for example, a request for judgment for defendant one, but pursuing a claim against defendant two, then these types of cases will be removed from the digital process and continue on paper as they do now. As for future enhancements, standard direction orders in cases where both parties are legally represented, uh, initially scheduled for January, is now due on the 8th of March. This enhancement will mean that following the indication of intention to proceed by the claimant, the case will be immediately pushed to a judge or legal advisor in specified cases of £1,000 or less. It will then be reviewed and the appropriate standard direction order will be made, allocating the case to a track. 
At the point of creation and submission of the order, parties will receive a notification via their MyHMCTS registered email address to inform them of activity on the case and invited to view. A hearing notice detailing the date and time of the hearing will follow shortly after the standard directions order is created and will also be received by parties digitally with the notification being sent via MyHMCTS. Now, this should in theory significantly reduce the current wait by parties for the cases to be re reviewed and allocated. For example, we're told that in the citizen version of this journey, the wait time from issue to allocation has been reduced from 24.8 weeks uh, to just 9.43 weeks. And if we can see the same reduction in legally represented cases, it will be a real positive step in progressing cases quicker uh, than they currently are. As mentioned previously, the default judgment enhancement was postponed late in the day, so there's still time for the standard directions order to be pushed back, but the current go live date is the 8th of March. Okay, thanks Andrew. It, I mean, it certainly sounds like things are, are moving forward in the DCP journey with those enhancements. Are there any others that are in the pipeline? Yes, there are a couple of uh, couple more future enhancements we've been made aware of in the most recent HMCTS update. Uh, a new process for HMCTS caseworkers to process refund remission is being introduced for damages claims. Um, this way, where this work has been delayed um, previously, uh, as the default judgment had, uh, but is now aimed to go live on the twenty fourth of March. Um, it will not change users who currently file a request for refund or a help with fees application. Um, HMCTS are asking that to allow this new technology to go live, there will need to be a short pause on the process of damages refunds. So users who have filed a retrospective help with fees application, a refund request on amended claim, or a general refund request are being asked to be mindful of this short pause uh, when chasing updates on requests. Work has also commenced to improve damages service and OCMC legal rep versus legal rep service to remove cases that proceed offline from the managed case screens on the case list. Once removed from this list, the claims will still be able to be found under the filter function, uh, but this will help users manage the case screens and stop the cases being dealt with offline from clogging up the case list. One of the future releases a change to the way in which core fee, pay, core fee payment is made. A new payment process will be introduced for paying core fees in a digital system. A payment request will be no longer uh, within a process journey. Users will be able to view a new tab within a case called service request. All fee payments to be made within a case will appear in the service request tab. When selecting a fee payment to be paid, users will have the option to pay by PBA or card. Uh, we've been informed that this effect will come into effect in spring, although no date has been given as of yet. We also understand that HMCTS are also planning to release a certificate of service functionality in the DCP. Uh, this was initially scheduled for February. Um, it's not live yet, but we would expect this to, to, to be live soon once testing is complete. Okay, thanks, Andrew. Well, I'm sure that those additions will be really welcomed by both claimants and defendant firms uh, once, once they're in place. Uh, Gavin, uh, in, in our last episode, you talked about seeing a steady volume of cases being dismissed within the DCP prior to the case being formally served. And perhaps typically as the claimant representative had failed to follow the required steps for service in the DCP. Is this something you're still seeing? Uh, and if so, do you have any insight on the reason or reasons behind that? Hi, Callum. Yep. Yeah. So 
It is still something we are seeing in the DCP, but just just as a reminder to the listeners that that when a claim is is issued, the claimant representatives have to follow specific steps outlined within the practice directions. So initially, once the claim is uploaded to the DCP, the claimant has four months in which to notify the claim step, which simply notifies the defendant of the claim. Once that initial step is complete, the claimant solicitors then have 14 days to complete the notify claim detail step, which is an additional step they must take, which is in effect formally serving the proceedings uh, on the defendant within the DCP. Now, if the claimant solicitors does not comply with any of these steps within the deadline stated, the claim will be dismissed automatically in the damages service. We are, we are still seeing a number of these cases uh, where, whereby the claimant representatives do not appear to have followed the notify claims detail step within the 14 days uh, in the damages non-specified claims service of the DCP. And as such, those claims are uh, automatically being uh, dismissed by the HMCTS process. F- further to this, uh, Callum, a large number of the claims appear to have been issued uh, on the DCP, but have yet to be notified via the portal, as again, the claimant representatives often still do not appear to be completing the required steps within uh, within the uh, pr- uh, practice directions. It is likely, uh, as a result of the process, and the portal still being new to some claimant firm handlers, uh, that the likelihood of claims being dismissed due to this will likely uh, be less frequent over time, uh, as claimants will will be required to formally request relief from sanctions to continue with their claim at their ex- own expense if it is dismissed. It is something that obviously we continue to monitor and we will continue to feed back uh, across our DCP forums. Okay, thanks, Gavin. So those are cases that have been dismissed due to the claimant's representatives seemingly not completing the required steps in the DCP. What about claims that have been served correctly in the DCP but then fall offline into the heritage system? Is that something uh, that's happening much? And and if so, what are the the main reasons, if, if, if indeed there are any? Sure. So, Callum, as you know, currently, with all uh, currently claims will automatically fall offline into the heritage system uh, following the filing of directions questionnaires. Although the standard directions order enhancement uh, on the eighth of March that Andrew has spoken about will mean that will no longer apply. So, we will retain more uh, files within the portal. Uh, claims would also fall offline currently if a notice of change was filed or an application was filed at the CCMC, uh, neither of which can be filed through the DCP currently. So this would typically occur when there's a a technical or a policy point that that would make the case unsuitable for the DCP from from a defendant uh, point of view. Uh, A request for judgment would also have removed the case from the DCP. However, this will no longer be applicable since default judgment enhancements uh, that is is taking place this month also. Historically, claims would also be taken offline if either side were experiencing technical issues within the portal or where a claim for a specified sum had been issued in the unspecified uh, sum journey or vice versa. So FOIL members have requested information from HMCTS on on what data and uh, investigations have been undertaken to establish the reasons for claims dropping out and being served progressed outside of the portals uh, into the CCMC so we can better understand the, the reasons for that. But HMCT have uh, have so far informed us that the data captured on damages claims that have been moved offline due to a judgment request or application being received in the CCMC uh, is 
is ongoing and and typically that 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 level of granular detail is uh, is not typically captured uh, we will be interested uh, as well as the other firms uh, to see the data on uh, on the reasons for cases being dropped and or not being processed but again we are just awaiting for that to come through Okay, thanks, Gavin. I'm sure everyone will be keen to get any insight they can from that data. You also mentioned there that a notice of change can't be filed in the portal. Um, why is that and, and what is the process if a notice of change needs to be filed? So, yeah, so currently the, the function on the DCP to file the notices of change just, just isn't available to representatives, which means it must be filed by email, the respective email address or uh, of either the, the DCP or uh, OCMC, depending on whether the claim is unspecified uh, or, or specified. Uh, once that is filed, then that uh, the claim is automatically moved out of the portal to be dealt with offline. HMCTS have confirmed that they are and uh, they anticipate introducing a notice of change functionality in the DCP and OCMC for represented parties. Uh, this was set for February, but to date, no uh, no go live has been confirmed. Uh, as you can probably imagine, Callum, it's it's certainly a, a, an enhancement that would be welcomed uh, across both the uh, claimant and defendant uh, firms. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure um, the sooner the better for everyone. Uh, Andrew, if I can turn to you. Uh, now, now the damages claims portal is, of course, governed by practice direction 51ZB. Do you expect there to be any further additions or amendments to that practice direction going forward? Well, the DCP is still in the pilot stage. It's it's still possible that there may be further additions or amendments to the practice direction as we move forward and the service becomes an end-to-end -end service. Uh, FOIL members particularly meet regularly to discuss the DCP, what is working well and what issues we've experienced. One issue that continues to come up is the notification of claims process. Um, currently, 1.9 of the practice direction states that where the claimant gives the defendant at least 14 days notice of their intention to bring a claim using the DCP, and the defendant has instructed the legal representative before the claim is started, the defendant's legal representative must uh, firstly register with my HMCTS and secure access to the DCP before the claim is started, uh, notify the claimant that they instru are instructed, and provide the claimant with their email address for claim notifications. Um, the claimant must provide the defendant's legal representative's email address for claim notifications to the court using the DCP when starting the claim and notify the claim to the defendant using the procedure set out in section three of this practice direction. And this can be a clunky and time consuming process and generates a lot of calls and emails between both sides and the defendant's insurer. It can be problematic for defendant representatives particularly, as it's often not possible to match the claim to an insurer client if the insurer's reference is not provided, or if it is provided, it may require the defendant rep to seek instructions if not already received. Um, now, FOIL members have drafted proposed wording for an addition to the practice direction, which centres on claims whereby the defendant or their insurer is given written notice for service on their nominated solicitor in line with CPR 6.7. Where written notice has been provided and the claimant has not received confirmation that the defendant has instructed legal, a legal representative before the claim is started in line with the previously mentioned 1.9, then the claimant must upload that written notice to the DCP together with any claim reference given by the defendant, its insurer or other representative organisation. Now, this will allow the claimant to serve on the nominated solicitor without further calls or emails to the defendant's insurer and or legal representative. 
uh, reducing time from calls between the parties while also allowing the defendant representative to easily identify the claim when the claim is served on the DCP. Uh, as you can imagine, the written notice will be uploaded to the, the DCP, so if a claim has been served on the legal representative, they can easily identify it from that written notice which has been uploaded. Um, Judge Johnson has acknowledged FOIL's proposal, uh, sorry, proposed revisions to the practice direction 51ZB and has indicated that he will be discussing the proposals with HMCTS and the subcommittee shortly. Okay, thanks. It will be interesting to see whether the suggested amendment to the practice direction gets approved. Um, it certainly appears that it would be of benefit to, to both sides. Uh, so, so, Gavin, now, um, how, how, how is the portal working practically? Uh, are there any user issues? So, yeah, with regards to the portal itself, unfortunately, there are still a number of practical issues with, with how the DCP is working. And we are uh, in regular dialogue with my HMCTS about these, as uh, as are a number of other firms. Uh, HMCTS, as Andrew alluded to earlier, continue to hold bi-monthly updates and have generally been receptive to uh, feedback with a view to making change and fixes where possible. But some issues still persist, which can be frustrating on on ground level. And do you have do you have any examples of some of those issues? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the the longest standing issue uh, that continues and creates creates delays uh, across all all firms, it would say, is logging onto the portal itself. So a lot of users from from Kios and anecdotally also by by other firms are are unable to log onto the portal at their first attempt. So a, a verification code is needed to be requested and received by email every time a user logs onto the DCP. What we are finding, as are others, that on the majority of cases, a second verification code needs to be requested before we're able to log onto the portal. Now it can take up to five to ten minutes to receive these verification codes, which, as you can probably imagine, Callum, on the ground can be frustrating when users are, are needing to log into the system more than once per day. Uh, other other points of note: we are we're still currently unable to search for cases by name, while while the list of users are not listed alphabetically. Uh, meaning a manual search is required to look for users. So when an organization has hundreds of users, uh, as we do, this can be somewhat time consuming to find a relevant name. So at present also, there is there is no uh, ability for us to delete users. So if a user leaves the business, their account can be suspended, but not deleted as they remain in the firm's user list, which means that the list is ever growing. One other unrelated issue of note, Sir Callum, is that there are still seems to be some confusion generally about the difference between a damages claim, so a, a CCMCC unspecified and an OCMCC specified claim. Some claimant firms continue to issue a specified claim as a damages claim, so a CCMC claim. This means that if they obtain judgment, they will unable to obtain judgment for a specified sum. So there is no fixed sum judgment for them to enforce. Okay, so still plenty of things to to, to work on. Uh, Andrew, uh, I asked you last time uh, when we spoke in October whether you felt the DCP was delivering on expectations overall and uh, whether it was providing a more efficient method of handling files as hoped. Has your view on that changed? Well, we're still experiencing issues with the DCP, um, as we've highlighted throughout this conversation. It's, it's probably too early to say that it's delivering on our expectations, especially where enhancements have been delayed, as we've mentioned previously. Uh, we do hope that my HMCTS continue to liaise and listen to users of the service and continue to provide fixes where required. Um, users, um, you know, 
firms from from both sides have tried to influence the building of the portal as much as possible for it to be as workable as it can be. Um, I still don't feel it's working as we inter- as, as we would like, and probably as the HMCTS would like as well. Um, the def- there are positive steps being taken, and as I said in the last episode, the digitisation of the core process is a massive positive in theory. HMCTS just needs to ensure the roadmap isn't rushed through and that an appropriate testing lanes along the way and feedback is continued to be taken on board. Okay, thanks. So with those final comments, uh, that brings our latest podcast on the digital claims portal to a close. We can definitely see things are moving in the right direction with the DCP, although perhaps as expected, there are still some challenges to be addressed. Gavin, Andrew, thank you for your time again. It has been really useful uh, to get the understanding of how the DCP is progressing. So if you have any questions arising out of our conversation today, please do not hesitate to contact either Andrew or Gavin. Until next time, goodbye.